This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for Encounter with God here on Faith FM Breakfast Show. And before we get into our Bible study, just a reminder that if you would like to be a part of that free Live More uh, Healthy, Happy... Live More Happy by Dr. Darren Morton. ...program, which normally costs $75. We're offering it for free. Um, Actually, Camilla Scaff is offering it for free. She's our resident health expert here on Faith FM Radio. She's offering it for free through Faith FM. So do give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669. Particularly important during this time of coronavirus lockdown, we want to be healthy so that we can resist the virus. But we also want to be happy because, well, hey, it's just going to make the lockdown that much uh, more fun. A bit more enjoyable. A bit more enjoyable, and it's also going to give us greater resilience against disease if we are happy as well. So do give us a call right now. One-off offer, once only, ever, first time ever here on Faith FM, $75 course uh, available to you uh, on 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Absolutely. Quiz time. Uh, Quiz time. We're moving on to the quiz. Uh, Wrong side of the page. Um, After an earthquake in this city, a jailer who was guarding Paul and Silas asked how to be saved. Okay, so what was it that, what city was that where the earthquake took place? And if you go there today, you can see the damage caused by some of the ancient buildings to various earthquakes down through the years. And so not uncommon for an earthquake to be happening there in that particular city, I don't think. But uh, yeah. And if you're the first person to call in with the correct answer, we, of course, will be sending you, God said it, the life of Joseph. This whole God Said It series is introducing children to the Bible, and it is by Bradley Booth. So, All right, let's turn our Bibles to the, book, the Gospel of Luke. And while we're turning there, of course, a quick reminder that this Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30, small group interactive Bible study happening here, right here Saturday morning. So join in, give us a call, be part of the small group discussion, have your say, and we're going to have a lot of fun together. We've had some great people calling through, so please join us. Let's go to Luke chapter 24, and we're going to read here a principle that Jesus used in explaining and teaching the gospel message. So Luke 24 and let's 13. go to... Actually, we're going to start oh, no. in verse 27. Verse 27. Okay, I'm going to start in verse 27. This is, the, this, is the, this is the key verse to the whole passage. Verse 27 of chapter 24 of Luke. It says... Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Okay, so let's give a bit of background to this story. And, well, verse, it does, does kind of start in verse 13, doesn't it? So let's, let's give a bit of background to the story. Um, but what there's, there's, there's a key word here within this passage. And once again, key words are usually small words. So there's a key word. It is a three-letter word. And um, Jesus here is explaining the gospel message. He's actually explaining the purpose for his death in detail for the first time. 
And I want you to notice the principle that Jesus uses. Can you pick the three-letter word? Is it all? It's the word all. Bing, bang, Absolutely. Bang. It is the word all. So beginning at Moses and all the prophets. And so the principle here of understanding the Bible is that when you want to understand a particular subject, and here, of course, the subject under discussion is the death of Jesus Christ. If you want to understand a particular subject in the Bible, the easy way to understand that subject is to look up everything the Bible has to say on that subject. And once you have read everything the Bible has to say on that subject, you have the truth. It's that simple. Absolutely. Because when you know what the Bible says, you know what the truth is, End of story. You've come from every angle and you've found exactly what you're looking for. So, for instance, if you want to know what happens when I die, look up every reference in the Bible where it uses the word death, dead, die, etc. And, and we're very sy- lucky nowadays and, synony- to have- and synonyms for that. You can do it all online. Absolutely. You have the gift of the internet, of Google. Mrs. Google can help us out with anything. Or Dr. Google, depending on your preferences. Yeah, I've never heard it called Mrs. Google. Before. Oh, that was something. My dad introduced me to Mrs. Okay. Google. All right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, you can you can you can you can do that right there online, or you can do it old school. Just use a concordance, and when you've read everything the Bible has to say on that subject, you know what the truth is. Because when you know what the Bible says, you know what the truth is. Absolutely. Okay. So how was it that they came to be discussing this particular subject? Let's go back and start in verse thirteen. Okie dokie. So this is where uh, to walk to a mouse. Emmaus. Emmaus. Sorry, to walk to Emmaus. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. Okay, let's stop there for a moment because this kind of does my head in. You know, if you're a disciple of Jesus, yep. you know, Cleopas and, and his friend, they're disciples of Jesus, they're walking along the road, they have left the upper room where the disciples are gathered together. So these are people that obviously know Jesus well, and Jesus turns up and starts having a conversation with them, and they don't recognize him. Yeah. The question that's going through my mind is, how is that even possible? We've seen, in, in modern day you know, pop culture, we've seen some pretty ridiculous masks or, or, or disguises where, it, where it's just putting on a pair of glasses or, you know, wearing a, a hat differently to, to disguise the way you look. But this is someone that they had a very, you know, close relationship with. They yeah, were best friends. and they should friends. have recognised his... You know, uh, the Bible says that God, the God, that, that God stopped them from recognising him, and I understand that God is doing something supernatural here, and I get that. But, you know, it always fascinates me as to... How? Well, maybe because they thought that he was dead, they discounted him. Okay, that was that's definitely going to come into it. You're yeah. not going to be expecting to see Jesus. But even still, if somebody walked through you, th- that door, that studio door right there, who you knew from a couple of years ago who had died, and they suddenly walked through, your head would snap around really fast. It, you're not wrong. <laughs> and it's like, why didn't that happen in this case? We don't know. We don't know how God accomplished this. But the Bible says that God stopped them from recognizing who this person was. So they're walking along. They're super discouraged. Their life has just sort of been, you know, come tumbling down in a in, in a pile of rubble. Yep. Uh, everything they believed and un- understood has just sort of uh, been just dashed to pieces. And this person turns up and is walking with them. 
And uh, yeah, verse 17, let's keep going. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their face. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that that have happened there the last few days. You can almost hear the incredulity in his voice when he says that. Yeah. And almost a little bit of disgust, like what kind of a rock have you been living under? Absolutely. You haven't, you haven't heard all of this stuff? You know, he's talking to Jesus. Yeah. Jesus has experienced all of this. And getting into verse 19, Jesus doesn't help his case. He says, what things, Jesus asked. The things that have happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was the prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was the mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leader priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. Okay, let's stop there for a moment because there's a really important thing we need to consider right here in verse 19 where Jesus says, you know, what, what, what things? Tell us about it. And uh, they say concerning Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, which was a prophet and mighty in his actions and his words. Notice what they stop short of saying here. They stop short of proclaiming him as the Son of God. Absolutely. They stop short of proclaiming him as the Messiah and the Christ. They would not have stopped short of that three days earlier. Yeah. They were almost justified to be saying that because Jesus said that he would return. And to their knowledge, he had not yet risen from the dead. Well, the thing was, they didn't even believe he was coming back. Yeah. He, Jesus had said that, but they did not believe it. Uh, which is why they were so discouraged. They, they probably had... didn't even believe that he was going to die. No, no, none, none of that. That was that was the last thing that was on their minds. These were people who were looking for Jesus to set up a kingdom on earth and to establish the Jewish empire that would be the next great world empire and take over from where the Jews were in the past. And in the past, of course, his disciples had proclaimed him as the Messiah, as the Son of God, as the Christ, as the Saviour. And now they say, well, he was a great prophet. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. He was a great prophet, but, you know, he um, and he said, you know, amazing things and did mighty, mighty miracles, but they've stopped short because suddenly they're a bit uncertain as to whether he is the Son of God. Yeah. They're a bit uncertain as to whether he is the Messiah. They don't know what's going on. Mm. Now, if they had taken notice of what Jesus had said on numerous occasions about dying and rising again on the third day, this is not where their minds would be at. No. It's interesting that the Pharisees believed the words of Jesus more than the disciples did because it was the Pharisees who sent a Roman guard, a Roman watch. A Roman watch is 100 men to guard the tomb. That's a significant number of people who are guarding the tomb. Yeah. And uh, so they've taken extraordinary measures to ensure that Jesus stays in the tomb. And they've already paid those soldiers off to tell a lie that Jesus' had been body had been stolen by the disciples while they slept. So they've already um, admitted that the tomb is empty. Yep. But here you've got these disciples, and they don't know what's going on. They are completely lost. They are bamboozled. Mm. 
All right, let's keep reading. Okay, so verse uh, verse 21. Or do you want me to read from verse 20? Uh, that's fine. Verse 21 is fine. Okay, so we had hoped... The, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. And notice it like they'd hoped he was the Messiah. They'd hoped. Yeah, you know, previous to this, disciples were like, yeah, you're the Messiah. Absolutely. But and now they're like, oh, they've got we, doubt. We, we had really high hopes that he was the Messiah, but now he's dead. The doubt, because they don't know, they've got doubt. Uh, continue on to verse 22. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Okay, but they didn't see him. Now, this is this is most interesting because... The testimony that Jesus, you know, had come back from the dead was a testimony that was carried by women. It was borne by women. And I think that God was doing something very, very important here in first revealing himself to women. Yes. Because women in those in that era were considered to be a second class citizen and uh, their testimony becomes more powerful because it is more embarrassing. Yep. This is this is evidence from embarrassment. It's not the kind of thing that you admit unless it's actually what happened. Yeah. If you're going to build a legend, if you're going to make something up, if you're going to create a story, you're going to have somebody of importance who steals the body away or whatever it might be or notices that the body is missing. You're going to have Peter or James or John, uh, maybe Joseph Arimathea himself, maybe Nicodemus who was you know, part of the Sanhedrin. You're going to have one of these kinds of people who's going to notice, hey, the body's missing, and testify that the body's missing. But when when women do, this is not something you are going to write down and record if you are creating a myth or a legend. Yeah. And this, I think another thing to note is the, the particular women that saw him, Mary Magdalene. Now, this was yes. someone that had a very checkered past. The Bible describes her as a great sinner. Yeah. And someone who had had seven demons cast out of her. Yeah. And so she had experienced the grace of God in a very, very powerful way. Yeah. So, you know, she she had nothing to lose. But indeed. She, she, I, yeah, I'm just, it's a very empowering it's, it's moment. A great story about, yeah. It's a great story about the power of God's grace. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, and just the whole way it all unfolds. Because when you read the story of Simon's Feast where it talks about Mary Magdalene and... Uh, when he comes, to, and, when and she the comes, words, to, the words that are used there, where she's described as being a great sinner, are the words that are you know commonly used uh, both in the Bible and in the language of the time to describe somebody who was involved in prostitution. Yeah. So you know, this is. Um, and she comes to the feet and, of and, Jesus. And she is the one. She is the one who is the first person that sees Jesus yeah. alive, and the only one who sees Jesus alive on this earth prior to him ascending into heaven. Mm. And, of course, you know he's obviously come back from heaven at this particular point. Uh, but when they see, when, when she sees Jesus, Jesus is like, don't touch me, I have not, not yet ascended to my Father. Whereas later on in this story, he's like, touch me, feel me. Obviously, he'd been there and come back. Yeah. Okay, so let's continue on here. Uh, where were we up to? Verse 25. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? 
Okay, so what we've got here is, um, you know, you can almost hear the indignation coming through in Cleopas's voice. Like, what kind of a rock have you been living under that you don't know what happened in Jerusalem this weekend? Yeah. You know, what do you mean you're asking us what things? Yeah. And now it's Jesus' turn to, to turn around rock and off. say, okay, Cleopas. There's something fool, you've been missing. You fool and slow of heart to believe everything the Bible said. Yeah. Let me give you a Bible study. My goodness, this would have to be the most the, the greatest Bible study that was ever given, I think, by Jesus Christ. Out of all of the Bible studies that Jesus gave, this is the one I wanted to hear. I, I would like to hear the most. Yeah. Because here it is where he takes them through all that is, the Bible says, is written in the book of Moses. Oh, without a doubt. That is significant. Yeah. That is incredibly significant because that's a lot. Moses had a lot to say about the Messiah. And in taking them through Moses, what he's doing is he's taking them through the entire sanctuary service. You know, so they're very familiar with the sanctuary service, but they have no concept of what the sacrifice of the lamb stands for. They've no got no because they were not looking for a suffering, dying Messiah. They were looking for a Messiah who would be a ruler. And so for the first time, Jesus explains to them why the lamb dies and why it dies in such a way and why it is sacrificed, you know, at such a particular point, why the sin is confessed, where, you know, where the, how the blood is dealt with. All of the details Jesus takes them through and every detail within that service is pointing to Jesus. It's all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You can just be, imagine being there and how this would be absolutely melting their brains while they're listening to this. They'd probably feel a little bit embarrassed. Yeah, maybe a tad. Yeah. Because it's like, well, we spent like three and a half years with Jesus and we never figured this bit out. Yeah. But then he goes on from Moses and goes into the prophets. Yeah, he talks about all the prophets. Uh, and he doesn't leave out anything. No. All, the, all the prophets, all the scriptures. Uh, everything that was about him. So they've got so, they've got uh, they've got a, a seven mile hike, which is uh, what about eleven k's uh, thereabouts, and that's going to take them what about maybe a little bit under half a day. Well, it takes me just over an hour to run, and they're not ten running. kilometers, and they're, they're, they're walking, they're having yeah, a conversation. Yeah. So uh, based, uh, I'd say three hours. I'd say uh, tops, three hours tops. Yeah. I'd say three hours at least because when you're getting involved in a conversation of this depth, you're not hiking. No. Um, so I so so this is going to be a significant Bible study. You can cover a lot of, a lot of ground in that amount of space. Okay, let's uh, let's keep reading here. Let's we have to finish. See how this finishes. Absolutely. So, uh, the, moving on to verse twenty-eight. So twenty-seven is the one that we mentioned at the start. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures and things concerning himself. Verse twenty-eight. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if they as if he were going on, but they begged him, "Stay the night with us, since it is getting late." So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened okay. and they recognized. And at that moment... Don't know how this worked. I just don't know how this worked. I want to, I want to see you know, the great panoramic uh, replay of how this worked yeah. one day. Oh, yeah. How was it that they had no idea who Jesus was until Jesus sits down, breaks the bread, serves it, and says grace. 
Yeah. You know, at that particular point, I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of times when Jesus has done this in the past and suddenly... Suddenly it clicks. You know, did God just fog their brains or did he fog their eyes? What, what happened here? I need to know the answer to this, but we don't Or maybe the it's the opposite where instead of fogging their eyes, it was at that, that moment that he flooded their eyes with with his power and his... This is made blatantly obvious... This is the yeah, man. but I guess I guess what I'm saying is that you know their normal eyes, their normal um, their normal brains had recognised Jesus for three and a half years, and now you know anyway, we got to find an answer out for this, and we're going to we'll have to there. wait until we get to heaven to get that answer. Right now, we're going to have uh, Jaden Lavik with "Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise Just to know, thus saith the Lord
trust him and how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. Jaden Levick with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. And a quick reminder, as we get back into the show, we're going to have another clue for our quiz, so do get ready to give us a call. Two quick reminders, if you want to be part of uh, the Live More Happy by Pastor, uh, Dr. Darren Morton. Darren, da- Dr. Darren Morton Health Program being offered for the first time ever for free to Faith FM listeners. It's a $75 online program. You get it entirely for free. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. And of course, this Saturday morning, don't miss out. Small group interactive Bible study live here on Faith FM between 9.30 and 10.30. Matt Parra and myself. Liam, clue number four. No, sorry, clue number five. Clue number five for you this morning. One of Paul's epistles is addressed to the saints in this city. Its name begins with the letter P. So there you go. All right. He wrote a letter to the city. And that letter may or may not be a book in the Bible. If it's an epistle, it's in the Bible. There we go. So. We were looking at verse 31, where the Bible says, you know, the, the, the disciples' eyes, that's Cleopas and his friend, their eyes were opened, and they knew Jesus. Yeah. What we didn't do, because we cut it off a little bit short, was read the last line of that verse. The last two words I missed. All right, so I'll, I'll read verse 31 again. Suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment... He disappeared. He vanished. He vanished. Okay, so at this particular point, what are you thinking if you are Cleopas and his friend? Are you thinking, have we seen a ghost? Have we seen Jesus? Is this for real? What is going on? Uh, this is all a little bit scary. And, you know, they've just they've just hiked, what was it, uh, 11K home. Yeah. And the Bible says, well, let's go on and, re- and let's, let's see how they re- respond. Because you'd kind of, feel, kind of feel a bit funny, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because you'd be sitting there with food in front of you that has just been served to you, prepared and served to you by somebody who was sitting at the table a moment ago and now he's just vanished. I reckon this moment for them, this moment for them, it it would have gone both so slowly and so quickly at the same time. Their mind through this whole process, when they realised it was Jesus, it was Jesus. I reckon they would have gone through the whole last three or four hours of their journey with him on the road to to, um, to Emmaus, that would have all played in a split second. 
And then once they once they sort of caught up with themselves, they would have looked back to Jesus, but he wasn't there. Yes, he was absolutely. missing. Uh huh. And all oh, it would have been so surreal. Yep. Just so phenomenal. Anyway, let's continue on. And uh, now they've had this they had this situation where Jesus has vanished. And so, what's their response? Verse thirty two. They said to each other. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them. He said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Okay, so that's that's the first thing that happens when they w- walk back in. So they didn't really believe it when Mary Magdalene said it. So Mary Magdalene's like, yeah, yeah, Jesus is risen, and I saw him. And now it's like, well, actually, no, he really is risen because Peter's seen him. And these guys turn up, and they have a story to tell as well. And so you can imagine the buzz that's in that room, like, what is going on? Yep. Has this really happened? Peter, Peter's testified it. Mary Magdalene's testified it. These two guys turn up, and then they tell a story like, we walked all the way to Emmaus with Jesus and then he vanished. Okay, the other thing that I find interesting is that, you know, 11K is a decent walk. It is. They don't even stop to eat their food. They dash out of the house, and then they go on an 11K run. And within the hour. With, okay, so they've done their 11Ks under the hour. Yeah, I just said that it takes me over an hour to do 10 kilometers. Uh-huh. And this, yeah. Okay, so these people were, you know, doing a, a lot more Powering. Steps, steps per day back in the day than what yeah, we do these yeah. days. So they would have been, you know, infinitely. They more would have been moving fit. Oh yeah. And so they have just they've run eleven k's in under an hour. Yeah. Uh, they've got back there, and you can kind of imagine them running through the door, a little bit out of breath, and they're like, and the first thing that somebody says is, "Jesus has risen." Yeah. Peter has seen him, and they're like. We've seen him too, you know, and 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 now the rest of the disciples are like, "What's going on?" They're all but starting now, they to get have, onto the same page. They now have four testimonies of people who've seen Jesus. Okay, let's keep reading. Okay, so verse thirty-five. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road, and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. Okay, this is going to be cool. This is going to be cool because imagine as they're telling the story, they're not going to hold back on what Jesus said. No. They're going to be like, Jesus appeared to us and explained to us why he died and why he's been resurrected. And let's start with Moses and all of the prophets. And they go through the sanctuary system. They go through the prophecies. And like, this was fulfilled and this and this and this and this and this and this. And all these details are being fulfilled. And people's brains are just melting. And in the process of all that happening, what happens? Well, uh he breaks bread, and just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Okay, so, so, so they've got the doors locked, and the reason the doors are locked is that they are afraid that um, the Jewish leaders who had crucified Jesus are going to come they're up. They're going to come up, yeah. So they're behind locked doors, and suddenly Jesus is just sitting there like... You yeah, know, that would catch your attention. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And of course, naturally speaking, they are terrified. If Jesus was suddenly, visibly sitting here in the studio just now, that would scare me. 
It, yeah. You would hear it in my voice just thinking over the radio. I'll be honest, just thinking about it, it, it sort of sent shivers down my spine. Absolutely. He's just sitting there. <laughs> He's just sitting there. So, you know, somebody left the chair empty and suddenly uh, it's not empty anymore. It's like, what, what, wait a minute. Wowzers. The first thing you do would be look at the door like, when did he come in? And uh, he hasn't come through the door. He's I know. Just, just in this there. studio, you can hear when the door is opened or closed. Yeah. And you wouldn't hear anything. Okay, so what did Jesus tell them in verse 38 and 39? He said... Why are you frightened? He asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it is really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. Uh, Keep going. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with the joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. And he said, When I was with... Oh, let's stop there, let's stop there. Let's, yeah, we're changing subject. Okay, let's talk about this for just a moment. So you can kind of place yourself in the room. About 120 people, large room. There's a babble of voices. There's a very loud babble of voices because everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. There's this rumor going around that Jesus has come back from the dead. There are at least four people in that room that would swear black and blue that they had spent significant time with Jesus, that they had spoken with him, that they had communicated with him, and they were ready to swear on their life that that's what took place. And so there's this buzz, there's this conversation. It's like, well, well, what, what's happening here? Has Jesus risen from the dead? Has he not? If he has risen from the dead, what is he doing? Yeah. What's going to happen next? Absolutely. Suddenly, you know, someone leaves a chair empty and the next minute Jesus is sitting in that chair. That scares everybody, stuns them into silence. Everybody's just like, whoa, what is happening? What just happened right here? And then, of course, he reveals to them that he is alive, that he is risen, that he is real. He eats food in front of them. He even gets them to touch him so that they can know that he's fully risen from the dead. This is Nicole Mullen with Redeemer. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? And who told the ocean? You can only come this far And who showed the moon Where to hide till evening Whose words alone can catch a falling star Well I know my Redeemer 
Our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours, as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Are drugs or alcohol a problem in your life? Alcohol Drugs Assist, or ADA, is a 12-step recovery program designed to help you escape the hold of addictions in a friendly and judgment-free environment. ADA meets regularly, and if you'd like to attend, give Peter a call or text on 0487 907 879. That's 0487 907 879. Such splendor all around And he tells about a river of life That flows beneath the throne Where we'll drink and live eternally In a mansion all our own Oh, if that don't make you want to go Brother, if that don't make you want to go Sister, if that don't make you want to go To heaven, I don't know curse of sin No sickness and no cross to bear and death can't enter in No fighting and no battlefields No war, no enemy Where the lamb and lion lay side by side in that land of perfect peace Oh, if that don't make you want to go Brother, if that don't make you want to go Sister don't make you want to go to heaven I don't know what
welcome back to the breakfast show. That there was the Downing family with "If That Don't Make You Want to Go," the writings on the wall. It's come time for question of the day. How do you, how do you feel about me saying it like that? Just quickly. Oh, hey. <laughs> Yeah, because I've, I've 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 committed to it. I like it, and I'm sticking with it because adds a little bit of a spark to it. I I am agnostic. <laughs> Fair Go enough. for your life, Liam. Go well, for your life. Believe me, I will. We, well, like I said, it's time for question of the day, and we're continuing on with with Levitical law. We are, and this time I've, you mentioned yesterday. There's no such thing as recommendations. Recommendations, only law. but you you mentioned yesterday's. You know, you sort of unpacked it a little bit. But I wanted to bring something else with you. So I wanted to bring something else up with you that is mentioned in Levitical law, and that is mixing fabrics. Now I'm just ah, having a quick, yes. quick look at what you're wearing. Absolutely, and just amazing. It, it appears to be that you are mixing the fabrics which you were wearing. Not only am I mixing fabrics, I'm mixing styles in the most spectacular That is fashion. a different debate for a different day for a <laughs> different program. Okay, so let's read what the Bible says on this one. Uh, let's go to Leviticus chapter, uh, where are we? Leviticus 19 and verse 19. The Bible speaks of this in two places. And it says, You shall surely keep my statues. You shall not, you shall not let your cattle gender with a diverse kind. You shall not sow, any, sow your feed with your... You shall not sow your... Your field with mingled seed, neither shall a garment mingled of linen and wool come upon you. Okay, so what's the Bible talking about here? Uh, people would take, you know, Orthodox Jews, of course, take that very, very seriously today, and so they will never wear anything that is any kind of fabric blend. We have many kinds of, you know, in, in, in modern society, we have, you know, you can get you can get a blend of different fabrics, and we've discovered ways of making really good quality clothing with blends. And I'm pretty sure that some of the things that I'm wearing today would have blends in them. We noted yesterday that these are not recommendations in the book of Leviticus, that these are laws. We also mentioned that in the Bible there are five different kinds of laws. You have the Ten Commandments, which are eternal. You have the laws of health and hygiene, which everybody is to abide by, and we particularly are abiding by the quarantine laws of the Bible right now. You have... Uh, the laws of the theocracy that began with Moses and ended with Nebuchadnezzar. And you have the ceremonial law that began with sin and ended with the cross. What law does this fit into and is this something we should still abide by? Often what we do is we look at the detail of the law rather than looking at what it is actually saying. Okay, so let's work our way back through this law to what it has just said. It's just said that you should not sow your field with mingled seed. In other words, you don't sow, you know, you don't get your barley seed and your wheat seed blended all up together in a barrel or, you know, even multiple different kinds of seed blended all up and together in a barrel and then sow it in your field. The reason being is that they both have different times for sowing. They have both have different times for harvesting. You are going to end up with a crop that is completely unusable. Now, of course, it go, if we go if we work our way backwards from there, it says that your cattle shouldn't be having sex with different kinds of species as well. And as soon as it goes there, it is now starting to give us some context. So it's going to be pointless for you to try and breed your cows. Uh, with your horses, for instance. It's not going to work. Not only is it pointless, but it's also going to be... Um, it's, it's, it's just perverted. It's weird. Um, okay, 
So moving on from that thought, that gives us some context because that then brings it into the area of what it has just been uh, talking about in Leviticus chapter 18. So Leviticus chapter 18 has been talking about sexual sin. So you've, you basically what you're given here is three things that no one would ever do. There's no farmer on the planet that would ever mix seed. There was no seamstress in those days who would ever mix fabric. And the reason that you would never mix fabric in those days is because they have different rates of shrinkage and your clothes would look simply ridiculous. And you're also not going to uh, breed, you know, you know, your, 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 your cattle with a, with a horse or something like that because it's not going to work. It's not going to produce something that is going to be usable. Okay, and I know Liam's bringing up some objections here, but we will get to those maybe tomorrow. Okay, the issue here is that the Bible has just been outlining a whole bunch of laws in relationship to sexual practice. So that's our context. Um, and basically said you can't have sex with your near relatives, you can't have sex with your father or your mother or your sister or your son or your brother or your aunt or your uncle or your daughter-in-law or your sister-in-law or a mother and her daughter or a wife and her sister or during menstruation um, or with your neighbor's wife, etc., etc. You can't. And then it goes on into child sacrifice. And then it says these are things that you should not be doing. Then it gives you three things that would be ridiculous to do. And the reason it's giving you those three things that no one would ever do is to highlight that these things that have been mentioned are in the same category in God's eyes as something that no one would ever do. You know, when God looks at that big picture, no one would ever do these things, so don't do them. The problem is the things that are listed there are things that are practiced by surrounding nations. And so he then concludes or kind of finishes it off by giving these three laws as an illustration of how ridiculous it is to practice you know, incest and so forth. Um, and so that's why the Bible is speaking about these things. This is not something that would ever be done. Uh, it's as simple as that. It, it's, it's completely impractical in those days. Anyway, we're going to move on with the show. This is Lady Love Smith. I will give you rest.
You're listening to Lady Love Smith. I will give you rest. This is The Breakfast Show on Faith FM and we've come to the end of our show, which means that we are about to give something away. We are indeed. This morning, the book that we are going to be giving away is a book is focusing on a country and things that are happening in a different country. It is called The Bright Side of China by Bob and Trevor uh, Burgess. Okay. So, yeah. We've been looking at the kind of the dark side of China lately with this virus that has we come have out indeed. of China and wet markets and so forth and uh, some of the issues that have been created there with hygiene. Yeah. Um, or lack thereof in the in the wet markets. Yeah. So Bob and uh, Bob and Trevor Burgess, they were the first ADRA directors to live in China. So it's talking okay, so about what's ADRA. ADRA is the Adventist Development and Relief Agency. Yes. Um, and it helps people w- w- during disasters and relief. That's right. Up in uh, in the far north Queensland during the floods and last year. Uh, they helped out tremendously. Um, Wherever there's a crisis, so yeah. you get bushfires, you get floods, you get you know whatever it might be. Adra's going to be there doing stuff, and they particularly do stuff in developing countries, even though they do significant things here in developed countries as well. Indeed. So yeah, there you go. If you would like to get your copy of this, please give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred Faith FM, or you can send us a call. Uh, you can text us. Sorry, at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And don't forget this Saturday morning, uh, tune in uh, between 9.30 and 10.30. Matt Parra, myself, small group interactive Bible study happening right here on Faith FM. And as we go through this day, remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. The voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me I am His own, and the joy that we share. As we tarry there, nobody else has ever known. He speaks, and the sound of his voice, all the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me is in my heart. Just a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known with
me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy that we share as we tarry there none other has ever Faith FM, Australia's positively different radio station. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 6. Well, early in the morning, about the break of day, I asked the Lord, help me find a way, help me find a way. When the trumpet blows, won't you call my name? Won't you call my name? When the thunder rolls and the heavens ring, when the sun turns black, never shine again. Never shine again when the trumpet blows. 